Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is Bishop Quentin Jordan of Second Chance Christian Center. We pray for those who are listening, for those who are coming on the air. And for those of you who in the past have listened to the uh, program, we're praying for those right now. We bind all the demonic forces surrounding the airwaves. We're binding all demonic forces surrounding the finances. We thank you, Lord, that the anointing is here. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing is here among and around us in every situation, Lord. You said the anointing shall be upon us and shall be in us like never before. Back in that day, you said that if I abide in you, your word, your words abide in me, your words abide in me, and I shall have whatever I ask for. We praise and thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to hear, hear what the saints of God are saying, to hear what the saints of God are saying, hear what the saints of God are saying. In the area of the prosperity, in the area of the teaching, in the area of the word, in the area of healing, in the area of your word, Lord God. We praise you and thank you. This we ask in your son's name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Bishop Q of Second Chance Christian Center in Dayton, Ohio. We'd like to welcome you here this morning. All the opportunities are available to us this morning. Why? Because this is a beautiful day. This is another day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You're saying, wow, what what, what makes this so powerful? Well, did you get up? That's right. Are you six feet above ground? Yes. If you're six feet above ground, then God still has an opportunity to work through you in you and for you. That's right. Through you, in you, and for you. I'll say that again. Through you, in you, and for you. Why? Because of the mere fact that you are still in the earth realm. And because we're still in the earth realm, we can work the earth laws, the spiritual laws that God has blessed and allowed us to operate in. Those spiritual laws are most powerful. Those spiritual laws are most powerful, and they work here on this earth. You say, well, I didn't know anything about laws. Yes, there are some laws in the Bible. There are some laws in the Bible that are so prevalent that once they're put in place, they operate uh, They operate in full function. Once they're put in place, just like the laws of speed, the laws of speed, 
laws of gravity. The laws of gravity says whatever goes up must come down. That's right. That there's certain things in the spirit realm that most people don't recognize when it comes down to these laws, spiritual laws. These laws supersede the natural law. Now, why would I bring that up? These spiritual laws supersede the natural law only because of the fact that God's law is the original law. God's law is the foundational law. God's law is the first law that man was created uh, under. That's right. God's law was the very first law that God was man was created under. And because of that being a law, then when we became born again, that's one of the key things. Now, I know that we're born again, but I want us to start here at certain things, and let's look and see what laws are in effect. Well, here's one. Let's start one that's very familiar. Let's go to the Gospel of, uh, Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. And it states, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All right? Now, this is what God did. This is what God did with his son. Verse 17, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he is not he hath not believed in the name of the Lord, of the only begotten Son of God. Now, this is a law. What law is this? This is the law of salvation. That's right. It's the law of salvation. And this law says that because God so loved the world, because God so loved the world, that he sent his only son, that if I decide to believe on him, Confess with my mouth, believe in my heart, I shall be saved, and I'm not condemned. That's a law. That's a law. How do we know that that is a law? Well, out of two or three witnesses, the word should be established. That's in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. Now, let's go to Romans. So what do we have to do with this? I mean, why, why are we reversing it? The Lord has just given me direction in the following certain things. Uh, Pastor Romina had taught on a previous line about being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. Well, that's going, what's going on. Now, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, again, Romans chapter 10. Now, this is, Paul had written to the church of Rome about certain things. So the Romans who were at this time, let's listen to this carefully, they were not under the family. But he said this. He said this very clearly. In verse 4, he says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. What does that mean? Christ is the end of the law. In other words, Christ is the one that brought in the spiritual law that superseded the natural law because the natural law says because we were born on this earth in 
in the flesh after Adam and Eve had sinned and transgressed, that we were na- have naturally sinned and we would be condemned to sin forever. That's what the natural law says, and we would not have the right or the right or the ability to go before God. But in verse four it says, "For Christ, the Anointed One, ended that natural law of being not being able to get to Christ, get to God. Why?" Because the rest of it says, to everyone that believeth. So once you believe Jesus is Lord as Savior, once you believe in that area, that supersedes that natural law. Again, that supersedes that natural law. Now, in verse 5 of Romans, it says, For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does doeth these things shall live by them. But, in verse 6 it says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. By faith speaketh on this wise. See, here's the law of faith. The law of faith that that changes things. When people start believing certain things about God, that he's the Savior, then faith kicks in and supersedes everything else. Verse 6 says, But the righteousness of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down from above. Verse 7, or Who shall descend into the deep? That is, to bring Christ again from the dead. That's a question. But what saith it? In other words, how is this going to be said? How is righteousness going to occur? How is salvation going to occur? Verse 8, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. The word of faith, which we preach, supersedes the law, the natural law. The word of faith supersedes the natural law. So in verse 9, here is where it it's confirming what verse 8 states, because in verse 8, it says, the word is ninety. In other words, the ability to receive salvation and to change the law, to change the natural law into the supernatural law, is near you right now. How is it near? It's near you right now through your mouth. Your mouth is what changes things. And in your heart. Your mouth, then your heart. Well, how do you know? Well, let's find out. Verse 9 and verse 10 of Romans chapter 10. It says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth. Confess with your what? Did it say confess with your heart? No, it said confess with thy mouth. The Lord Jesus. In other words, you're going to say that Jesus, you're not my Lord. You're now my Lord. And shall believe in thine heart. Inside your heart, you're going to believe. That God raised him from the dead. Then thou shalt be saved. Then in verse 10 it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And this is what God is saying. Your salvation is given to you because you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. What did you believe? That God raised Jesus from the dead? What did you believe? 
that you can't handle it yourself and you now want God to be your Lord. That's what you believed. But wow, I've never saw it that way. Well, now is the time. This is the day. Now, some of you all are are listening and you've heard me and you've heard in the past. And I, I sent out a, a Facebook page uh, announcement that today we were going to talk about where or what happened or what was going on in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane. What's the naked man of the Garden of Gethsemane? Well, we're now starting on that. And you're saying, well, what's that got to do with laws? We're going to find out here in a moment. That's right. We're going to find out here in a moment so that we're very clear. In the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, we want to lead up to some things. Now, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and while he was there, he did some things that he naturally did consistently. In other words, uh, he would constantly go to this garden. This garden. Now, I'm starting from, um, I'm going to start and skip around here. I'm going to start where, this is a very, very familiar scripture. But this is in chapter 14. Uh, Let's start at verse 33. It says, this is Jesus going to the Garden of Gethsemane, verse 32. And they came to a place where it was named Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Now, you know the story. He went through all, went to go and pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. And while he was there, he came back, he sent it, uh, he left a little bit further and walked a little bit further away from his disciples. But he he took Peter, James, and John with him after he went a little bit further. So he had all the 12 disciples. Then he asked Peter, James, and John to go with him a little bit further. And at that point, they start going to sleep, okay? In verse 36, he says, Oh, my Father, all things are possible. Take this cup away from me. This is the, the time of consecration where he's asking God, please take the cup away from me. And then he finally gives in and said, you know, it's not my will, but your will be done. But right after that, it says in, right after that portion, after, after he uh, confesses with his mouth and states, not my will be done, but your will be done. He pray. in verse uh, 41, it says, and when he had come at the third time, it said, then sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough the hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Now, this is the time where Judas is going to come and betray him. This is devastating. This is devastating. We know that this is the time that we listen and we pay attention to what was going on during a time of, of uh, listen carefully. This is the time where Judas shows his true colors. Well, at this point, he's showing his true colors because he was being controlled by Satan. In verse 43, immediately while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he betrayed him and given him a token, saying, Whosoever I shall kiss, that same as he, take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he was going straightway to him and said, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him and took him. Now I want you to be very, very careful 
here at this point. Remember, we're talking about laws. God's law supersedes. Listen, God's law supersedes the natural. And because God's law supersedes the natural, Jesus had given up his natural, given up his natural flesh law ability years ago when he accepted Jesus as uh, when he received the Holy Ghost. Okay? His fleshly body received the Holy Ghost back when he was baptized with John the Baptist. Remember? The angel came down, as uh, the uh, Holy Ghost came down as a dove. As a dove at that point. So his flesh, his, the, the supernatural superseded the natural law at that point. Now, we're at verse 46. Or 40, yeah, 46. And they laid hands on Jesus and took him. Okay? Jesus was now in the natural law. Now, if you previously, he's about to supersede the natural law again. If you previously looked in the Gospel of, Gospel of John, we see in the same chapter 18, we see that when Jesus uh, stood up and he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus, that they, everybody who came to arrest Jesus all fell to the ground, fell back. That was power. That was power. That was so powerful. Well, I want you to keep watching and we'll keep, keep listening. In verse 47 of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, it says, One of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Are you come out against a thief with swords and with staves? As I was with you in the temple teaching, and you, should, and you took me not, but the scripture must be fulfilled. And they forsook him and fled. So all the disciples got up and fled. Now, we know that one of the people that cut off the ear was Peter. Now, if we look in the book of Matthew, we would find that Peter was the one that did that. And then Jesus says to Peter, no, Peter, those that take up the sword should die by the sword. He turns around and he puts his hand, picks up the ear, puts the ear right back on the servant. That just just blows my mind. That that. That amazes me. That's that the super on the natural. God, even Jesus, even at his time of betrayal, allowed the spiritual laws to supersede the natural laws. And compassion, compassion, the fruits of the Spirit occurred, and he immediately had compassion, and he put the ear right back on, that it might be fulfilled. Now, let's go on a little bit further. Now, we know in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10, it says, that, uh, it says the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that thief is Satan, right? Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the rest of that verse, going on, it says that Jesus came, that we have life, and we should have life more abundantly. We should have life, and we should have life more abundantly. They say, what's that got to do with the next couple of verses? Well, we're going to see this, because when Jesus came, Whenever he shows up, there's life, and then there's life more abundantly. Now we see, we're going to find out about the naked man. Here is the naked man. Now, in verse 51 of the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, and it states, And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body, and the young men laid hold of him. So there were people, then the disciples had already fled. We already read that. 
That was in verse 50. And they all forsake him and fled. Who's they? All. That was the disciples. They fled. After Jesus put back on the ear, there was a naked man. So who grabbed the naked man? Well, the soldiers who got up off the ground from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 18, <laughs> they grabbed the man. And it states, and verse 52, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. Wow. Wow. And he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. Who left the linen cloth and fled from them naked? The naked man. Now you're saying, what, what's going on here? I want you to listen carefully. Let me share with you what just happened. Here, uh, according to historians, the historian stated, that the linen cloth that was stated here, the word translated for linen cloth, is actually translated shroud or burial cloth. Or burial cloth. So the naked man actually was dead. Yeah, the burial, the, the naked man was actually dead. He said, I thought Jesus was in a garden. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Some historians, uh, Josephus, uh, Makes reference, rather. He makes reference that. Now, I want you to listen carefully. It could have been that this garden was an area of a cave. It had a cave to it. Okay? And around this cave, that's where they usually buried uh, bodies, dead bodies. How do we know? Well, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, there was uh, the cave that was there. They had a, a, a thing. There was a rock that was in front of it. Uh, as Lazarus came out, he had burial cloth on. He had the shroud on. All right. When Jesus was buried in the sepulcher, that was uh, uh, Arimathea or, of Arimathea. That was a rich man. He had a sepulcher. They rolled away the to- rock that was in front of the tomb. That was considered somewhat of a garden area. All right. You know, my my dad used to tease when <laughs> uh, he was a letter carrier. My dad used to tease when uh, he'd have to deliver mail in the uh, to the cemetery, he'd say, well, now i got to take mail to the rock garden. i say, the rock garden? What's the rock garden? He said, that's the cemetery. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I, I never thought of it as a rock garden. But notice what my dad said, rock garden. You've got tombstones there, and it's a garden, and there's flowers there all the time. So even just, just thinking about that, whether it was actually a place of total burial or not, it sounds pretty pretty valid that Jesus was in an area. Jesus was in an area that there was a, a, a tomb. He was in the area. I didn't say he was exactly in a tomb. He could have been in a tomb. He was in the area of it. So this dead man rose from the dead. That's right, this dead man rose from the dead. In verse 51, and there followed him a certain young man. Followed him? Who? Followed who? Followed Jesus. Because he was going to the Savior. He was going just like Lazarus got up when Jesus called him. Just like when Lazarus got up when Jesus called him. Here was this young man, a certain young man, having a linen cloth or a burial cloth, a shroud, cast about his naked body. His body was naked. And the young man... Young men laid hold of him in verse 52, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. He ran away from them when the soldiers tried tried to grab him. 
All they had was this burial cloth. Wow. That is pretty powerful. That is pretty powerful. Now, what's it got to do with laws? The law of sin and death was superseded by the law of Jesus Christ. That's right. The law of, of, of righteousness of Jesus Christ was superseded was the superseding law that overcome the law of sin and death. It overcame the law of sin and death. Now, what's that got to do with us? Well, God's super on the natural changes things. God's super on the natural opens up a new door. God's super on the natural supersedes the natural law. God's super on the natural stops death. God's super on the natural destroys sickness. God's super on the natural destroys poverty. God's super on the natural destroys worry. God's super on the natural destroys anything that goes up against the word of God. God's supernatural destroys it. Wow, this has been a blessing for those of you who've been with us all morning. I want you to listen. I want you to remind yourself. That's right. I want you to remind yourself that Satan is defeated. Jesus is Lord. And all things are possible to those that believe. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. That's right. Jesus is Lord. Well, if this message has been a blessing to you, Give us a call. Leave us a note. Give us a call at 937-723-7164, Second Chance Christian Center. Or leave us a note or message on Facebook. Or leave us a message at Second Chance Christian Center at Outlook.com. An email. Let us know how the message has been a blessing. Or just let us know on Facebook if you Facebooked us and you got this uh, this announcement previously about the Facebook message. You got the announcement? Let us know. Let us know. Get into the presence of God today. Get into the presence of God. And allow the super, supersede the natural. That's why it's called supernatural. Well, this is Bishop Quentin Jordan. And we love you. All things are possible to those that believe. In the name of Jesus, amen. And amen.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.